COVID-19 and sustaining through the season of trauma. We need to set our minds for a long-term struggle in the present situation with COVID-19. This is not something that will be over quickly or easily, and so we need to be prepared. And we need to be prepared because we are in a season of societal trauma because of COVID-19, and this trauma could last for a very long time. And if we are not ready, if we do not prepare ourselves, then we will not be able to sustain through it. How do you know that you're in a trauma or you're going through a traumatic experience? Well, I want to give you about 10 uh, indicators. Uh, Confusion, disorientation, difficulty concentrating or remembering things. That's number one. Number two, anger, irritability, and mood swings. Number three, feeling anxious, fearful, and stressed. Number four, experiencing guilt, shame, or self-blame, even with things that are disconnected from the trauma itself. Number five, wanting to withdraw and disconnect from other people. Number six, feeling sad or hopeless. Number seven, feeling just disconnected from life or emotionally numb. Number eight, having fatigue and tiredness. Uh, Number nine, experiencing fight-or-flight reactions, including things like a a racing heartbeat, where you either want to fight or run away and and your adrenaline is high all the time. And and number ten, experiencing some new aches and pains or muscle tensions. Uh, If you're experiencing four or five of these or more, then most likely you're experiencing some form of trauma. And right now, as I said, our whole society is going through trauma, and it is impossible for us as individual Christians within that society not to be experiencing the effects of trauma ourselves. Now, any traumatic situation, we go through a number of very predictable stages Uh, within that traumatic experience. Uh, By stages here, I'm not talking about something that necessarily occurs one after another after another, Uh, but these kinds of experiences might rotate. We might experience them frequently. Uh, And there's six stages here that I see that we typically experience during traumatic experiences. The first stage is heroism, where we think we can conquer this, we can come out on top. Uh, We can uh, sweep this under the the carpet in a couple of weeks. We can see the tide turning in in 12 weeks. You know, these are heroic statements, and we all start to feel heroic when we first experience trauma. Then that leads to shock. Shock is the second uh, stage we'll go through, Uh, and this is where we suddenly just become numb. we don't understand what's happened. We're really confused. And then a third stage is what I call crash. Uh, This is where we experience a massive adrenaline letdown, where physically, emotionally, we just seem to crash. Uh, Sometimes we can weep and cry and experience all kinds of negative emotions. And then the fourth stage of traumatic experiences is disillusionment or disaffection. 
It's at this point that we feel let down by society, let down by people around us, uh, let down by our leaders. By the way, when our society really begins to experience disillusionment and disaffection, that is the most dangerous time societally in dealing with a traumatic experience. So we need to be on the alert for this. The fifth stage of traumatic experience is grief. And grief itself has its own stages as identified by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Uh, These are well-known stages of grief and grieving is something that happens within our traumatic experiences. And then a final stage of our traumatic experiences is what I call coping, where we learn to get on with life, where we learn to deal with it, uh, where we learn to pick ourselves up and keep moving on and do the best we can to get through the situation that we are in. And these stages are highly predictable and we're seeing them in our nation. We will see them in the nations of the world. They'll happen at different times, uh, and they'll happen at different times to different people, but we need to be on the alert for this uh, and understand that we need to process through these stages to get to the place of coping. That's where we want to get at this season, to be in a place of coping, because the place of coping is the place where we can be sustained. Heroism will not be sustained in this time of crisis, in this season of trauma that we're experiencing because of COVID-19. It cannot be. So we need to get to the place of coping. And to do that, we need to remember certain things that we should not do. Number one, don't bottle up your feelings. You need to be talking with people. You need to be sharing how you feel. Even if other people seem to feel completely differently than you do, share your feelings. Number two, don't take on too much. Uh, In our heroic phase, we try to do too much, and we must not do that. Otherwise, we will burn ourselves out. Number three, don't use drink or drugs. Uh, Now, we're not a a teetotal church at City Temple, uh, but too many people can turn to alcohol or some kind of medication to help them cope. We must not do that uh, because we will become addicted to the drink and drugs and we will become unable to cope. Uh, So beware of that. Number four, don't make any major decisions or life changes. Now is not the time to do something drastic. Now is not the time to make some major life-altering decision. And number five, don't withdraw from social connections and from church. We need each other now more than ever. And in heroism, we're all anxious to stay connected. But as we go through shock, crash, disillusionment, We want to withdraw from people, especially in disillusionment. We start getting disillusioned with the church, get disillusioned with the the leaders, the pastor, and others. And we must beware of that. Uh, When you start feeling disillusioned, that's not the time to pull back. It's also not the time to become hypercritical. 
when you start to feel disillusioned, that's the moment to ask, okay, God, what can I do to help? What can I do to make a difference? So remember, when you feel disillusionment, when you feel disaffection, and you certainly will, push into that. Don't withdraw. Don't go away from that. So how do we sustain as Christians through this traumatic season in the life of our nation, uh, in our own lives, in the life of our churches? How do we sustain through a traumatic experience like the one we're going through, especially when that experience is not going to end soon? And we have to keep reminding ourselves of this. This will not be over quickly. We need to set our minds for a long term marathon here, not a short sprint. If it turns in to be a short sprint, then praise God, hallelujah, that's going to be great. But we need to set our minds on something longer term. So how do we sustain through this traumatic season? Number one, worship daily. Find a rhythm for yourself to worship the Lord. And this needs to be really God-centered, God-honoring worship. It doesn't have to be music. You can read out the Psalms. You can listen to music. You can dance in your home, learn to play an instrument, uh, make up songs, however you need to worship the Lord. Focus your worship on God, not on your situation. Number two, pray continually. Put your mind to always be talking to the Lord right now in this season. Uh, keep the Lord close at hand. Remember that no matter where you are, what's going through, what, what you're going through, uh, what you're feeling, offer it up to God. Number three, take responsibility for yourself and the controllable aspects of your life. Now, we might be in lockdown at any given point in time. We can't control our lockdown, but we can control what we do in the lockdown. You can control when you get up, when you go to bed, when you will have your meal times, uh, how you will worship the Lord, how you will engage in your work. There's so many things that you can control. Take control of these controllable aspects of your life. It will give you the sense that you are empowered in the Holy Spirit, and you are. You are, as a Christian, empowered by the Holy Spirit, so you can practice self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. Number four, practice social distancing, but not social seclusion. There's a big difference between the two. Even though we can't get close to one another, even though physical contact is limited, we must not seclude ourselves. We can connect via technology, by the phone, by all kinds of apps. Uh, there's so many different ways that we can connect with other people, and we need to connect in this time. Do not allow yourself to isolate yourself, <clears throat> unless, of course, you're ill and you need to practice that kind of isolation, but don't seclude yourselves from others. Number five, serve others in whatever ways you can. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do to serve other people. Call them up on the phone. Uh, make contact with them. Um, prepare meals that you can leave outside a, a person's a door. Uh, offer to run errands for people. Find a way to serve somebody else. Someone in your household, some a neighbor. 
find a way to serve. Serve others in whatever way you can. Look for opportunities to serve. Number six, seek God-centered meaning and understanding for what you're going through. You need to be going to the scriptures. You need to be listening to certain prophetic voices, not every prophetic voice, because as I talked, uh, as I said in an earlier talk, there's a lot of false prophecy out there right now. There's a lot of immature prophecy out there right now, and we have to be careful. But we need to be seeking God to understand what is happening to our society, to our world, to us from a biblical perspective. So pray, ask the Lord to speak to you. Seek meaning and understanding that's centered in the reality of who God is, not in the reality of what's happening. Number seven, rest. It's absolutely essential that we get rest. One of the biggest things we need to rest from right now is the news. Stop watching the news all the time about what is happening with the coronavirus. We need to rest from that. We might even need to take a day where we rest from technology, uh, read a good book. Uh, Whatever we need to do, we need to make sure that we are resting well, practicing the Sabbath. Uh, Don't use being locked inside to allow your work to slide into every area of your life and all the time of your life. Number eight, resist anxiety actively and forcefully. I talked about this in an earlier talk as well on anxiety. We are in a battle against anxiety and you must not take it for granted. You can win this battle, but you must engage in it intentionally and be resisting that anxiety actively and forcefully in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And number nine, we need to allow ourselves to grieve. We're all experiencing losses right now in many different ways, losses of connections, losses of family, uh, in some cases, losses of health, losses of loved one, losses of uh, uh, jobs, homes, so many different ways that we individually are experiencing loss. We need to allow ourselves to grieve. We need to realize that denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance are part of those stages of grief uh, and allow the Lord to carry you through this season of grief. Uh, And if doing these things will sustain us through this traumatic season in our society. Now, I'm going to cover these strategies more in depth at our sustained Zoom gatherings each Thursday night in the House of Prayer. We'll be gathering at 7 p.m. via Zoom, uh, and Karen and I will be leading worship, and I'll be doing a talk each Thursday night Uh, at 7 o'clock. If you'd like a copy of the notes for this talk, email me at rod.woods at city-temple.com. And if you're hearing this and you're not on our email list to get the invitations for those Zoom meetings, then again, email me at rod.woods at city-temple.com and I will send you the email invitation by putting you on our general email list at City Temple. My name is Rod Woods. I'm the minister of City Temple. The views here are my own. God bless you.